back to Brace. On today's episode, Tommy and I are going to be adjusting the format a little bit of how we do our current events. So I'm curious, Tommy, tell me what is going on in March of 2023? Well, you know, Paul, really the most important thing going on in March of 2023 has got to be March Madness. Oh, (laughs) I mean, it's, you know, it's basketball games all the time. Everyone's filling out brackets. You're putting money on who's going to win the most, uh, win the most bets or win the most games. And I can't really think of anything else going on uh, in March of 2023 that has anything of significance to do at all with anything besides basketball. So the second biggest bank collapse in U.S. history. What? When did that happen? Oh, okay. All right. Well, there are some other things happening in March of 2023, and maybe we can talk about them. I guess my mind has only been on basketball, so. I will admit, uh, I might mispronounce their name, but. Fairley, Farley, Dickinson beating Purdue, the 16 seed, only for the second time ever advancing beyond the one seed. That's pretty cool. I'll admit that's some pretty big news here in March of 2023. So whenever this releases, that's going to be old news. They're probably going to be far out of the tournament at this point, but it still is pretty cool. Hey, maybe they could win it. Maybe they could win it all. If they are still in the tournament when this gets released, that is some... Are you are you making a prediction right now, Tommy? I'm saying they're going to win it all. Oh my gosh, what a hot take! I can't. What's, who's, who are they beating in the championship? They be the first team to beat two one seeds. Oh shoot! Well, what side of the bracket are they on? Could they face KU? I I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, they're going to beat KU, and then I'm going to be downtown in Lawrence where KU is happening, and oh, then everyone's no. going to be upset. But yeah, yeah. Farley Dickinson taking it all the way. I saw a picture of the comparisons between their, the home gyms of Purdue and Farley Dickinson, and it's like it looks like a high school gym. A little Wait, bit nicer than a high school gym. For- so real quick, I want to go back. You mentioned something about a bank collapse. Yeah, so uh, it turns out that there's this bank that mostly caters to Silicon Valley startups, entrepreneurial ventures in the tech industry. And it's going to get a little bit nuanced here and complicated on how all this happens. But basically, they were overinvested in bonds that they were unable to hold because people got spooked about their liquidity. So everyone went and it was basically a rush on the bank. People are trying to pull their money out. They had to liquidate those bonds, which are losing value every day because of inflation. So when the inflation rate reaches a level higher than what the return on the bond is, you can still get some money if you hold those bonds all the way through their lifetime. But if you have to sell them early, you actually have to sell them below market value. So they basically lost a bunch of their liquidity. And then all of a sudden, the the bank was unable to give people the money they were looking for. So and instead of the FDIC, the let's see if I can remember, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, whatever. FDIC insurance is the Every single bank you walk into has a little thing that says uh, deposits insured up to $250,000 by the federal government. So that gives you the peace of mind to be able to put your money into a bank and know that if this bank, if this institution screws up, you're still going to be able to get your money out. The difference is that corporation agreed to guarantee, excuse me, yeah, FDIC agreed to guarantee all of the deposits, not the ones below $250,000. And 90% of accounts were above that threshold. So it why was did a, why did the FDIC do that? And when did they do that? Immediately when the bank collapsed and and trading was halted, 
there were a lot of companies that banked with, with Silicon Valley Bank. And so they were worried, oh, no, we had $5 million in our accounts. We're not going to have access to that. What the heck? And the reality is they would have eventually. If the government allowed the natural course of the market to take action, what would have happened is the assets of the bank would have been sold off at a cheaper price. It's not like the bank had no money. They still had assets. And then whoever bought them at a discount would have still owed, like those accounts are still on the ledger. So eventually those people would have been given access to their money if it was bought up by the chases and the, and the bigger banks out there. But instead the government stepped in and basically seized the bank and said, we're going to pay everything back. But in the end, you're just subsidizing it. It's, it's you and me that are paying them back. Wait a sec. Wait a sec. So the government made a decision on the taxpayer behalf, which I guess is the role of government, to fund a bank that made poor decisions in not, order to what? Not only that, to calm the market, they didn't want other runs on other banks to happen and have a series of collapses. Well, that doesn't seem like capitalism. I thought capitalism was without government intervention. The government isn't capitalistic. It's, oh, right. So, well, that's wild. I thought we, I thought this horrible capitalist society that we live in was because we were under capitalism, not like government involved capitalism. Hmm. Gosh, all these assumptions I've made due to all these things people say. I think one of the tougher parts of this whole thing is, is Janet Yellen is the head of the Fed and the Fed has been raising interest rates in order to tamp down inflation. And those much higher interest rates are the reason now that the bond market is in turmoil and potentially on the edge of collapse. The secondary bond market, that is. Someone asked Janet Yellen, hey, if you're doing this for Silicon Valley Bank and ensuring 100% of deposits, not just what you have to below 200, uh, you know, $250,000 and below, are you going to do that for every bank? Should it collapse? And she said, no. So why are they doing it for this one? Well, that wait, is isn't Silicon that... Valley Bank in California? Oh, oh, does Silicon Valley Bank. Wait, bank is it like for the people that donate to the politicians that put Janet Yellen in charge of the. Wait a second. Wait a second. Oh. This this can't possibly be some sort of conspiracy going on between the rich people in power and trying to protect their monetary interests. Look, I don't believe in conspiracy theories. If you go back and listen to the episode. Everything I said was 100% factual and true. These banks, there is no conspiracy with the top 1% with wealthy donors controlling government people, which then benefit but Paul, those. But Paul, I'm, I'm still confused. Why are we paying you and I as we work and then, you know, we have to give like 30% of our money to the government for them to just use it to bail out the really rich people that are starting companies? That just doesn't really seem fair it kind of seems like the one percent like kind of look out for the one percent and then like all of us like plebeians that just give the government our money they're just using it willy-nilly it kind of seems like the people in charge probably shouldn't be in charge if they're making poor decisions like this but on the upside xavier came back from 13 down so see okay see, now that's where we're getting back into like what's going the on important this stuff <laughs> so <laughs> i don't know if uh listeners have caught on yet but Paul and I are discussing the different things going on in March. And there can be distractions like March Madness, as we're joking about. And it's good to, right? But anything taken to an extreme, whether that be 
spending all your time and focus on basketball games that, in a sense, really have no meaning, or a bank collapse that, you know, again, taken to an extreme, oh, the world's ending. So you have to strike some sort of balance between paying attention to what's going on in the world and then also being distracted from what's going on in the world. It's not a 100% either way. I have a kind of disgusting anecdote about the connectedness that we have and the ability to get news from all over the world. So when the Ukraine war first broke out, we were seeing the images from the buildings being blown up and whatnot that were, at least for me, somewhat traumatizing, somewhat atypical to my life experience, to the fact that I couldn't actually imagine my feet being where the camera person's feet were when they were recording that. And I think it might have been in early March, it might have been in late February, I saw something from the streets of St. Louis where people were in a coffee shop recording out the window, and you see a guy sitting on the ground, a homeless-looking man, and another guy uh, behind him messing with a gun, taking out the magazine, racking the, the slide over and over again, putting the, the magazine back in, racking it, and then shooting the other person in the back of the head. Executed a guy on the streets of a U.S. city. And I've never seen that before. And I don't enjoy watching people die. And so just me existing on social media, I witnessed a human death not that far away from me, not that's one state away from you, Tommy, right? Like that is a very, I've been to St. Louis. I've, I might've been on that street. I don't know. But the idea that we should pay attention all the time leads to insanity. I think when, when you have the amount of connectedness that we have access to for the first time ever, nobody else in all of human history had a cell phone in their pocket that gave them connection to every other cell phone in everyone else's pocket all the time. So when you can view all of the trauma that is happening around the world continuously, that's going to lead to anxiety. That's going to lead to living a life more fearfully. And on the other hand, you also, in that same device, have that access to all the entertainment in the world. There is so much free entertainment. So I feel like it is imperative to make sure that you are giving your attention and focus to a healthy balance of content on a regular basis. I think you should be aware of what's happening in the world news-wise. I think you should have leisure entertainment time where you're maybe watching shows, maybe watching sports, whatever it is, that you have some, some passions. If you like some comedies, sit down and watch a comedy. But I think that the more time that you can spend a little bit disconnected and dealing with people in real life, even if it's talking about those sports that you watched or talking about those news events, news stories that you found interesting or worrisome or whatever it is, engaging in an embodied way with people is so key. A hundred percent. And to bring it back to March, 2023, another exciting thing happened. The Oscars happened. And uh. what clean swept the entire Oscars was everything, everywhere, all at once. A somewhat indie movie brand new concept slash idea but i think what resonated a lot about that movie with me is it's the story of a daughter trying to get her mom to just see her as who she is and it kind of is also an allegory for 
everything going on. We have access to know whatever we want, right? So the everything. And it's happening all over the place, everywhere. And it's happening all at the same time. And that movie is chaotic and wild. And you see tons of different realities, quote unquote. And I think it's an allegory for us living in different realities. Because we're so siloed off and the connectedness is so broken and based on what you watch, Paul, or what I watch, Paul, I I watch, (laughs) we could be living in two different realities in the sense that the information you have that you believe is true and the information that I have that I believe is true could be totally disconnected. And I think that's what's going on with the left and right. Yeah, uh, I was about to say that CNN versus Fox viewers, right? That's the exact what you're they're talking. they're really living in two different truthful realities if they both believe that what they're watching is true. And so I think that it's worthwhile to check out that movie just to see what a lot of us who grew up in this time where this interconnectedness blew up, the social media blew up especially for older listeners, what we're kind of dealing with. I think many people who didn't grow up in the time that you and I grew up, Paul, are stuck in their ways in a sense. And I think the world is changing, whether that's for the good, better, or indifferent. But to understand and see what I think our generation is going through, both like you know the youngest of the millennials and probably the oldest of the Zoomers, are really going through with all this chaos and you can be anything you want, but you also have to follow this path. You have to do it this way, but you could do it this new way. There's so much going on and you hit it on the head. It, It just causes anxiety and chaos and disruption. And so there is a important time that you have to set aside for oneself to disconnect from, because honestly life is, very chaotic. And when we start making assumptions, as we talked about in the four agreements, we have a certain expectation. And normally that expectation is not going to happen. And so with everything going on all at once, we're always making assumptions because we always have to be kind of prepared for the next thing. But the thing is, things are changing so rapidly, we can't. So anyways, I think it's a wonderful movie and deserves all the awards it got. I'm curious, actually, we've done our book reviews before, which include a rating. So what would you give it out of 10? Oh, for that movie? Yeah. I think it's a 10. Really? Yeah. It, there isn't a better movie. Okay. So there's I've never seen, been a better movie that's been made. It's definitely one of my top, top movies. I, I have a few movies that are out of 10, but it's also how you view it, right? I think that some people may view it as, oh, this is a wild, stupid movie. But as someone who is going through, in a sense, a sort of identity crisis, trying to figure out what I want to want, as Yuval Noah Harari put it so well at the end of Sapiens, what do I want to want? My basic needs are met. But what is the goal of this time that we're here? To me, that's why it's a 10 out of 10. It's a great question. I don't know that it necessarily answers that question, but it gives viewers a look into why people are asking that question interesting okay i have not watched that movie i may consider it highly i think i think that you and i have slightly different mindsets 
on For that sure. question. And so I wonder if that will bring that down from an automatic 10 to something like a seven for me. I heard, I forget which person I follow tweeted about the Oscars and said, everything everywhere all at once follows in the footsteps of the other best picture winners of recent in that nobody's going to be watching it five years from now. <laughs> like the only, they said the, the last movie that won best picture that was relevant five years later was No Country for Old Men back in like 2000 seven or 13 or something like it's been a long time well regardless that's i appreciate that and to bring i i haven't done this in a while but bringing everything back to our comedy episode chris rock came out with a special where he addressed directly his experience hosting the oscars last year and will smith slapping him and that made me laugh very don't don't spoil it because i still i I still want to watch it if you hit I haven't I watched have, the whole thing, just that clip. If you were giving that clip a ten or a one through ten rating, what would you give it? Just that clip. He he did it. He did it really well in setting it up and then driving it home over and over and over again. So I would probably give that something like a nine point two. I looked at some comments and saw people saying like, "That was a long time ago. Way to hit a guy while he's down." All these things. And it's like, look, I don't understand how Chris Rock could come out with a special and not address that happening, because that is a career defining moment. Like you don't get slapped by Will Smith at award shows when you're hosting it often. I think I think it's one on one. I think that's yeah. the only time in history that's happened. So it's it's like Louis coming out with a special after getting canceled and not addressing his cancellation. It couldn't happen. But yeah, thanks for bringing up the Oscars. I haven't watched an award show in years a number of years yeah i'd say that definitely before covid and when they brought out Zelensky last year or two years ago whenever that was it must have been last year i was like what is going on here are you kidding me the guy who is an actor that's also now the president of ukraine okay what on earth so yeah well it just goes to show there's a lot of things going on in march and i think we should be aware of Definitely the things going on, but also enjoy and have fun and bet and create a bracket. Don't take it to the extreme and then be upset when your bracket loses because it's most likely going to. There was something like after 10 games, there was like 712 total brackets left. And now a 16 seed upset a one seed. So I like I guarantee there's already no brackets left in the first. <laughs> so it's pretty awesome. Regardless, though, yeah, I agree with you that there is so much happening in life all the time. And, and the, the funny thing is, I, I think most people don't need to hear this. Most people have gotten into their routine of seeing what they see from their little section of the Internet that they engage with. And mostly focusing on, hey, The Bachelor's coming out. That's my TV show. So, you know, Monday nights, I'm going to do that or whatever it might be. I've, I've been watching The Last of Us. That's a nice little show. There are a lot of things that I think people get into the habit of that creates that order in their life where they don't feel like they're living in chaos. But I could see a future not too far from now not to be the doomsdayer like I always am on this podcast. Oh, you son of a bitch. I could see a future not too long from now where we are in a bad economic place again, worse than we are right now. And if that happens and people are losing their job and doing these things, finding that balance to live an orderly life and be okay, despite all that chaos is something that you have to be intentional about, I believe. Yeah, I would completely agree. And something I've recognized is 
oftentimes we bash others when they are interested in something that we aren't. And I think that's something we can do better as individuals to like not. What? Well, I don't necessarily want to give the example, but let's just say. Give another example, then. Don't give that one. I'm having trouble under like, I don't recognize this as a pattern that I'm seeing in society from what you just said there. So I want to be maybe it's to. maybe it's just more of a personal pattern where if someone's interested in something. So let's say Minecraft. People will bash Minecraft. And I think it would be better off if we didn't bash other people's interests for the sole reason that people need coping mechanisms. And if that's a TV show like The Last of Us or a video game, I think it would be it would do better to not try and destroy what's even The Bachelor. Right. So let's go to The Bachelor. I remember in high school, you know, watching it with my girlfriend. And, you know, the guys would all joke and mess around like, oh, you know, are you a woman? Are you gay? Blah, 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 blah. I don't necessarily think it's good to tear people down for enjoying something to enjoy it is all I mean to say. I would tend to agree with you with that. I don't think tearing people down is ever the right call. But I will say that one way that you phrase that I disagree with, which is that people need their coping mechanisms. I think that coping mechanisms in general are not a good thing. I think that people need their entertainment. People need their leisure time. But if you're using this to escape some other part of real life, don't do that. Face real life head on, get your house in order. And then, yeah, you'll have some time that on your Monday night, you can still watch The Bachelor. Nobody's going to judge you. I might judge you a little bit, but, you know, that's fine. Well, I guess another part of that is like, don't take anything personally, you know, throwing it back to the four agreements. If someone's bashing what you find enjoyment in, don't worry about it. As two guys that played ultimate Frisbee in college, I think we have. To oh, recognize yeah. That people are going to make fun of you for doing things. For sure. I, I enjoyed the heck out of it. I mean, I was a captain of, of the ultimate team. Some people are like, wow, you took on a leadership role in a sport. That's cool. And some people are like, ultimate Frisbee. <laughs> So it's okay. I, I, I recognize what you're saying, and I, I think there's value there. I think that one of the cool parts of life, especially in adulthood, is being able to find people that have the common interests as you so that if you can find somebody that has a physical pastime that you enjoy, has a social pastime that you enjoy, has a leisure pastime you enjoy, that's awesome. I, I have a buddy that I can go golfing with that we could go shooting or we could go to the bar, and that's really fun. I enjoy that we have those things in common. And I think that that is a lever to make friends at a time when you don't really, well, other than at work, if, if you're other than working, it's hard, I think, to make good friendships in adulthood because you don't see anybody with the regularity for it to just happen naturally. You have to be pretty intentional. 100%. And it, that just goes into making friendships. I mean, at school, in a sense, it's similar to work, right? You're there eight hours. These are the people you're with, right? So it's kind of like coworkers. The normal progression of things is you've always become friends with the people you're around the most. Whether you like them, dislike them, have the same things going on in your life or not. Usually, high school, college, work, you have people you're working with that you have to work together on projects. 
And so by creating good relationships in those things, you become friends. But what is there necessarily outside of that? And that's where you could talk about things like going to church, going to bookstores or, you know, cafes. There book aren't clubs. Yeah. book clubs. I think finding some sort of group or club to connect yourself with that isn't, in a sense, you're forced to be there, right? I mean, no one's forced to go to work. It's voluntary. You just have to not get paid if you don't go. I know that's silly, but I think a lot of people think they're forced into, into a job. When the reality is, if you don't like what you're doing, find something else. And maybe that's difficult, but that's life. Like, you're not forced to get paid a certain amount. Find a job that pays you more. You're not forced to work with the people you work with. Find other people to work with. So, you know, I don't necessarily think it's easy to find a group outside of work, but it's doable. Like you said, I think you have to put some intent into that. Yes, definitely. and and trying to bring this back to March of 2023 in the, we just passed three years of 15 days to slow the spread. So it's been three years that we've been living in a post COVID world uh, with COVID or post COVID. I don't know if some people still, I, I am still not making any judgments about anybody else, how they want to live their life. But I was at a hockey game last night and you just see the guy that looks like me, a very healthy looking 20 something year old that is wearing a, small surgical mask in a hockey arena. And and I just am amazed that this has caused such a permanent change in people's lives where you've had the opportunity to get eight shots if you want to get vaccinated. You've had the opportunity to stay inside for your whole life if you'd like. And yet people are, are still letting that be near top of mind. And I, I can't imagine that. I haven't had to wear a mask in over a year, I think. I haven't had to worry about my health. I, I will admit I work with some older people. So when I'm traveling to work, there is a little bit of, okay, these are some high risk people. Am I healthy? Okay. Yes. Good. If I have any symptoms, then I need to be considerate about that. But realistically, that change was so permanent. And this, this is bringing it back around to what you were just talking about. I'm glad I remembered. I work in a permanently remote position and a lot of people change to remote. So when you talk about, Hey, these are the people that you're around for all day. So you have some natural friendships. I think COVID actually made it again, another step harder for not everyone, but for a big portion of the population to have those automatic natural friendships, because all of a sudden, yeah, maybe you have that work friend that you IM from your computer but that's different than leaning over the the cubicle wall and going, what the heck, you know, and, and having that very informal, fun, friendly environment at work that you can have with your peers. So I miss that a bit. I, I, and I work in a in a situation where I would never have been working in the office regardless of covid. But it, the job that I had previously, I got sent home after working there for about four months in person. And I had luckily built those relationships a little bit so that I can continue them virtually. But I had people come into the job in that time and then quit before I quit. And I can't I just really can't imagine having never really had the experience of having that fun, cordial, friendly peer group environment to learn the ropes of the organization and, and all of that. Yeah, I mean, that's another wild part about March three years ago, three years. That was something you and I talked about a little bit earlier. As an adult, you don't really have 
you know, in high school, you go from ninth grade to 10th grade to 11th grade to 12th grade. There's always some sort of newness, some change, you know, college, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. But then being an adult, time flies because there is no there is no way to gauge time flying. One of the very big blessings of my life is being an uncle. And since COVID shut the world down, I have had four new nieces and nephews born. So in the past three years, I've had four of them. So so that life, being able to watch these kids grow has been for me what is the metric for time passing. Because I agree, I'm 27 years old. Time, every single year, it goes faster. So it's really through those people, you know, vicariously living through uh, being an uncle and, and having those relationships that I have watched time pass. But I know that you're not an uncle yet and uh, you're not a father and, I, you know, I'm not either. But those it's at this time in life where it's the younger generation that grounds us in time, I think. Uh, and yeah, it's a it's a really good point. I mean, I, I got to see a couple of my cousins this past weekend, eight and a four year old. And it was hilarious seeing my cousin, you know, I started showing him my Minecraft world and he's like, oh my gosh, (laughs) listen to this. He's like, oh my gosh, you're a simp. And I was like, what do you think that means? And he's like, super intense Minecraft player. (laughs) And I was was just like, oh my gosh, I love it. Don't ever get corrupted, young man. Oh gosh. Isn't it beautiful? I love, I love the minds of children. It's, it's wonderful. Well, there's a reason we were told to act childlike. It's true. Well, that is a very freewheeling conversation about. Do you have anything else happening in March that we should be talking about here, Tommy? Wait a sec. I think I did I run the half marathon in March. I ran a half marathon. I mean, that's that's kind of cool. Check it off. You had a goal for. Oh yeah, shoot. I mean, we talked about that on one of the episodes already. It's, Maybe we did. We, did. we definitely did. We did. Hundred percent. So good job doing that, though. Proud of you. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's March. March in a nutshell. We got March Madness, banks collapsing, uh, three-year anniversary of COVID, and there was something else. The Oscars. Yep. Oh, the Oscars. All right. Pretty good pod. We hope you enjoyed this current event episode. Let us know. Do you like the old format where we were more talking about a single topic? We were debating back and forth on whether or not we want to talk about this or that. And so we said, well, why not all of it? Why don't we just talk? And I think we will be interested in potentially just doing that once a month, giving you guys an update on our thoughts on the stuff happening in that month, every month. If you like that, wonderful. Let us know. If you don't, also let us know. We appreciate the listen. Bye-bye. We ask you to follow us on Instagram at brace.22. Paul's Twitter is at Paul from Brace. And be sure to email us at brace22 at protonmail.com. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you are listening and send to a friend if you found value in this discussion. Thanks. We appreciate it.